Okay, open in your Bibles, if you will, uh, to Matthew chapter 14, if you have your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, that's cool, we'll have it on the screen. But we also have Bibles back uh, in the back. And so if you're thinking to yourself, I've never owned a Bible, and I would love to have a Bible, um, just sneak your hand up, and uh, someone will bring you a Bible right this second. And it's yours to keep. Uh, we want you to have a Bible so that you can read it at home. But if you're good to go, uh, give me an uh-huh. Matthew chapter 14. Verse 22 through 20, through, uh, through 33. <laughs> Sorry. Words are hard. English is a difficult language. It's my second language, so it's kind of difficult. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? Yeah, that was a lie. Uh, but anyways, my first language was drip, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> yo, chill. Okay. All right, Matthew 14, verse 22. We could take that out of the podcast, okay? Nobody needs to hear about that. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus walks on water. Raise your hand if you've heard the, st- the story of Jesus walking on water before. Okay, what? We'll be well-versed in this, but we're going to learn something new today because there's something different about this, okay? Immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Where to? The other side. While he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So Jesus just got done healing people, preaching to people, Having a good time, and he said he, he just got done feeding thousands and thousands and thousands of people. This is where this takes place. And so Jesus says to his disciples, Hey, why don't you go on and go to the other side? I'm gonna take time to myself to find the quiet place to pray. Remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about the quiet place? And we watched that scary movie. No, I'm just kidding, we didn't do that. But Jesus retreats to the quiet place to do what? To pray. To pray. Even Jesus. You're like, well, why is Jesus praying? Isn't he God? Yes, but there's this thing called the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they all work together uh, for our good and for their glory. And so Jesus is consulting the Father, spending time. And, and the other reason he does this is because it's an example to us. We do something big. We, f- we feed thousands and thousands of people. I have never done that, but uh, I'm, I'll feed you pizza tonight. So... Um, But after he's done performing a miracle, after he's done doing something great, he doesn't just go take a nap. He doesn't just go watch Netflix. You're like, he didn't have Netflix. I know. But he didn't do any of those things. What he did is immediately go and do the one thing that's going to restore him fully, and that's to go spend time with the Father. There's a lesson in there for us. So Jesus goes. He tells the disciples, go ahead. The disciples get on the boat. They they're going across this, this big lake. It's really big. It's, it's called the Sea of Galilee. And so they're going across. They're, they're about three miles in. And so this is where we pick up. Shortly before dawn, let's say four in the morning, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. I'd be terrified. If, you saw some, if you're out on a boat just chilling, also, why are they awake? But whatever. Um, if you're out on a boat chilling and you see some dude just walking on the water, you're going to be pretty freaked out. 
and we already know the story about Jesus walking on water. It's like, uh, what? So they're terrified, just like we would have been. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Basically, it says the disciples screamed like, ah! you know, like that. They cried out in fear, right? It's a little sus, but it's all right. Um, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage in his eye, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, dipped one toe in just to make sure it wasn't too cold, right? Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, everybody say immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? I don't know. Maybe it's because I was walking on water. And when they climbed into the boat, so Jesus brings Peter back. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. Crazy story, huh? So Jesus goes to pray. The disciples go on the water. He, he's like, ah, they're already pretty far ways out. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to go walk. To them, and in in the book of Mark, it actually says that Jesus intended to pass them by. He was just going to meet them on the other side. Like you guys are good, you got a boat, that's fine. I'll just take a little stroll, little six mile stroll across this Sea of Galilee on water. Can you imagine that? Like it's there's a lot of water and it's windy. It's known for being windy. This is the same sea that Jesus calmed. Uh, when it went crazy. So it's like Jesus, there's like 10 foot waves and Jesus is just like hopping over it and walking and just like, it's all choppy. And he's like, Ooh, you know, just doing a little jig. <laughs> yeah, don't put that on YouTube. Uh, and, but he walks across three miles. He intended to pass them by, but they freaked out. They're like, is that a ghost? And he's like, Ugh. no, it's me. And then he walks to them. Peter's like, as Peter's bolder than any, any one of us would be. And he's like, all right, if that's you, tell me to walk on the water. Jesus, to his surprise, is like, let's go. He said, bet. So he walks out there, he, and then he gets, he gets afraid, he sinks. And then when they get back in the boat, the disciples look at Jesus and say, truly, this is the Son of God. At some point in our lives, we're going to encounter Jesus in a way that we look at him and say, truly, this is the Son of God. Truly, this has to be real. All right, so there's three things in this, uh, in this story that I see that I think could, could bless us uh, tonight. And so we're going to go through them. I'll go through them quick. Um, but if you take notes, write them down. These are things that are life-changing for me, and I think they'll be for you. So number one, everybody say number one. Number one is that Jesus can do the impossible. It's something we see in the Bible a lot. Jesus turns water into wine. Hey, oh, what? That's cool. Um... Jesus heals people with leprosy. Jesus heals the blind. Jesus heals the lame, which doesn't mean they're not cool. It just means they can't walk. Um, <laughs> I, I wish Jesus would heal this lame dude, you know what I mean? But whatever. I, I wore a Tupac shirt to be a little less lame tonight. So, uh, California love. Okay. Um, but Jesus can do the impossible. Jesus can calm the storm. Jesus can walk on the water. Jesus can heal your parents' relationship. Jesus can 
heal your broken heart. Jesus can help you with your anxiety and your depression. Right? Jesus can give you clarity on what the next steps are in your life. Jesus can give you peace when, when your parents lost their job and everyone's freaking out and you don't even know if you're going to be able to live in the same house and be by your friends anymore. Jesus can do the impossible. When you, when you have a learning disability and math is really hard for you, but you want to you be cool and you want to bless your parents and get good grades, and, but it's just a struggle, Jesus can do the impossible. Jesus can work in your lives in ways that you haven't imagined. When I was a kid, uh, my sister named Brittany, everybody say Brittany. Brittany, if you're watching, I love you. You're probably not watching because you don't love me as much as I love you. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. But my sister Brittany, she was a little, she was like two years old. And uh, so I was probably four. We're in the kitchen at our house in uh, Arlington, Washington. Yeah, I know. Um, so we're chilling. My mom's baking cookies and stuff and, and cake. And I don't, I don't know what was going on. Maybe it was a birthday party. It's probably my birthday party. I don't know. But because I'm cool. Um, and I was wearing pull-ups at that time, so we were, we were lit. But um, so my mom's making this stuff. And the, you guys ever seen, like, you know, the big, the big bowl, and it's got the mixer. It's got the two little things that go like this, the opposite, like that. It goes like this. Okay. So, so my mom, my mom puts it on. It goes like that. Okay. My mom puts it on the counter, and she goes to plug it in. And what she doesn't know is that she never turned the, the, the on button off. So she's on. So she goes, my mom walks over to the plug. My sister's sitting on the counter, and I'm just chilling, sitting on a bar stool, like a monkey probably. You know, like you used to do when you were a kid. So I'm just sitting there, probably eating an apple and some peanut butter or something crazy. And my mom plugs this in, and my sister starts screaming instantly. What had happened was my sister had got her hand in between the two, blend, the two uh, mixers. When my mom, babies are quick. Right? Whenever you have kids, if you have kids one day, you'll realize, I've noticed this with Vince, babies are the quickest humans on earth, right? You look away, it's like, boom, electrical cord. And you're like, no, stop, right? <laughs> Please, you know. It's like you got to put everything up, you know. I walked away, he's like untied my shoe and like choking on the shoestring. I was like, why? I'm impressed, but stop, you know. So my sister, and the second that my mom went and plugged this in, my sister gets her hand stuck, and then they turn it on and blah, 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 on her hands. Ah! So my mom is, like, horrified. And she's, she's running over, and I, I'm just sitting there. I'm, like, dumbfounded. I don't know what to do. My sister's hand is stuck in this thing, just getting mauled. And my mom's freaking out, and she doesn't want to, like, rip her hand out, and she's trying to, like, figure out what to do. I would have just unplugged it, but, you know, we weren't, we weren't there yet, but it's okay. But for some reason, I, I was four years old, but I was a pastor's kid, and my mom, always around the house, is just praying in this old school Pentecostal thing they say where we plead the blood of Jesus, right? And, and so she'd just be praying all the time, saying, Jesus, Jesus, whatever. And so I'm just sitting there, four years old. The only thing I could think to do is say Jesus. It's the only thing I could think to do. My mom's freaking out. My sister's hand's getting torn up. And so I just say, a real calm Jesus, like that. And when I said that, Brittany stopped crying, 
I don't even remember. I was four years old. But my mom told me this. I said, Jesus, Brittany stopped crying, and she just pulled her hand out. And my mom said it was like her hand, like, lost the bones in her hand. She just pulled it out, and she, didn't, she doesn't even have a scar on her hand to this day. When, when it first happened, there was blood. Like, it was like, and when she pulled it out, it was, all that was gone. Dead serious. I'm not lying. I promise. No, nothing. No bruises. No scratches. Nothing. Nothing. Her little baby hand was fine. Nothing. Nothing happened. And so once again, whether you believe me or not, it's a true story, I promise. You can ask anybody in my family. Whether you believe me or not, Jesus can do the impossible. Right? Just like Jesus walked on water and and Peter walked out to him, I've seen it in my life where Jesus does something incredible because he knew in that moment that my little sister didn't need to have her hand torn up by, by a mixer. And, and something, sometimes bad things happen in life. I and mean, I don't know why they happen, but for some reason, Jesus decided in that moment to hear my prayer of just saying his name. And so prayers do something. And calling upon the name of the Lord does something. Peter said, call me out there. If it's really you, call me out there. He did. Jesus can do the impossible. He can do it in your life. Amen? Number two. Everybody say number two. Number two, we have a decision to make. There's 12 disciples, 11 of them stayed completely dry. We make fun of Peter because he sunk, but he's the only one that walked on water outside of Jesus, right? And so we have a decision to make. Are we going to stay in our comfort zone with our friends, or when, when Jesus calls us out into the waters, are we going to step out? And I bet you anything if James was like, actually, me too. Jesus would be like, come on. All, all 12 of you, get over here. But Peter was like, I'm going to go. And everyone's like, all right, dude. <laughs> Good luck. Bring a snorkel. But we have a decision to make. For some of you that are new tonight, the decision is simply that you're like, you know what? I might decide to follow Jesus tonight. I might decide to take that step of faith and to not do what everybody else is doing. And I know for sure, that the world has no clue what's going on. They have no answers for my life. I feel hopeless. I feel like I, I have no direction. And I know every time I get on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the news, nobody has the answer. Everybody thinks they have the answer, and their answers are opposite. So what's the answer? Jesus is the answer. I told someone last week, I was like, dude, you know, my, I, I told him, I was like, I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to tell you this. My life is really, really good. And they're like, what? How's that not bragging? I'm like, because I, I, don't, I don't make a ton of money. I don't have a bunch of stuff. But my life is good. Really good. Why? Because I'm out of, I'm out of the rat race. I'm out of the, the grind. I'm out of all this. I'm just following Jesus. And if my whole life, all I do is follow Jesus, I'm, I'm down. That's cool with me. So my life is good. I've got a wife who loves me. A kid who I think loves me. No, he does I got a family that loves me. I got a good church. I got you guys, my friends. I got all these things. My life is good. And I'm out of the hustle. I'm out of the hurry. I'm out of the busyness. But you have a decision to make. Like I said, for some of you, it's following Jesus. That's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. Some of you, it's deciding to not be a lukewarm Christian anymore. And to just go after it. 
and to, and to do what you and to be who you say you are, to do what you say you believe in, to actually believe it. There's a song we sing on Sunday called "Bigger Than I Thought," and the second verse says, uh, "I believe, but help my unbelief." That's such a powerful statement. I, I really do believe God is real, but there's times when life is rough, and I need God to help my unbelief. But we all have a decision to make. God, some of you, God's called you really clear to what you're supposed to be doing. And you're like, ah, oh, but it's just not as fun as doing what everybody else is doing, partying and drinking, doing drugs, whatever. Or just cussing a lot at school. It makes me feel cool. Following Jesus isn't that fun. I notice the people who follow Jesus at school, they don't have a ton of friends. I notice that they're kind of like by themselves and stuff. but that's why we got this group. Sometimes you make a decision that's not popular, but it's good. Anybody who did anything important was a loner for a while, you know what I mean? We have a decision to make. One time I was cliff jumping, and uh, and some of you heard the story before, but in Sequoia National Park, it's kind of up by Yosemite, there's this place called Three Rivers. Self-explanatory, Three Rivers. They converge into one river. And my friends were like, let's go cliff jumping. I was like, bet. And they're like, don't you need to ask your parents? I was like, no. Let's go. I was like 16. So I go, and we climb up this cliff side. It's like super sketch. We climb up. It's about 50, 60 feet above the water. And the water is probably, the river is probably this wide from me to the front row. And we're about like 60 feet up. So probably twice the height of this ceiling. And, uh, and, and where we climb to, you can't really get back because you're climbing up. You're not going to do that back down. So we got one decision to make, and it's to jump. And this is a river that's flowing, so you got to jump, hit the spot right, and then get out of the water as quick as you can, or you're going all the way for a ride. And uh, that won't be good. So I get up there. I'm on the edge like this, because it was just like this. Right? You know, I'm just like, ah! You know, everyone's like, bro, just jump. Ah, I can't. You don't stop me. But you can teeter like this so much. And I'm either, I got three choices. I'm either going to die on the ledge because <laughs> I'm just going to refuse to go down. Or I'm going to jump halfway and die because I clip something. I don't really jump. Or I'm going to commit. And I'm going to fully jump. And that's the only way I'm going to make it. It's the same way with us. When we step out to what God's called us to, you can't. You'll die on the ledge, I promise, if you stay there. And you can't go halfway Everything else will take you down before you even get to what you're called to. So you got to just jump. You got to just take that step. And when I jumped, it was like, <gasps> you know, my stomach just went into my throat. <sighs> right? The water was freezing, but it was worth it. Did I, did I do it twice? No, because that's scary. But I did it once, and it was dope. And it was it's an experience that I remember for the rest of my life. So fun. Because I just jumped. We have a decision to make. And you can't make it halfway. You got to go all the way in. Amen. Number three, everybody say number three. We're almost done. Jesus believes in you. This is kind of the main, the main point here. And uh, Kev, you can come back up and just kind of play something sweet and nice and stuff, you know. It, I don't do that really for atmosphere. I just do it so I'd stop cracking jokes and stuff because he's like, you know, playing something sweet and, I got to get serious. So. But Jesus believes in you. Here's the thing. 
Peter didn't make it to Jesus. He fell. The Bible says he was afraid, and he fell down into the waters. And over the course of my life, I've heard of many different reasons of why people think that Peter fell. But I don't know that I heard the right one until recently. Some people say Peter lost faith in Jesus. Or he took his eyes off Jesus. Or he started looking at the waves instead of looking at Jesus like he had to remain. Like he had to lock eyes with Jesus the whole way to make it. No. That's not what happened. Maybe he tripped. That's, that's true. It's like waves. Oh, boom. Just hits it. But it says he looked at the waves and he was afraid. Some people are like, he lost faith in Jesus. No, because who's the first person he called to when he fell in the water? Jesus. So he still believed Jesus was standing on the water and that he could get him out. So he didn't lose faith in Jesus. Who did he lose faith in? Himself. And more than just himself, he lost faith in the Peter that Jesus believed in. He lost faith in in the Peter that Jesus called out into the water. And Jesus wouldn't have called him out into the water unless he knew he could walk all the way to him. And so here's the thing. Here's what I want to end with. Jesus believes in you more than you believe in you. And if you believe about you what Jesus says about you, you could do what Jesus says you could do. And so Jesus is going to call us to things that... That are, that, are, that are crazy, they're astronomical, we can't imagine possibly doing them, and we don't even want to tell our friends because we think they'll tear our idea down, our dreams down. But if it's his dream and not your dream, nobody can tear it down. Here's the thing we have to di- differentiate. God won't always accomplish your dreams, but he'll accomplish his. So what is his dream for your life? What is his plan for your life? And I promise it's better than yours. So if you find out what Jesus wants to do in your life and you step out of the boat because he called you to and you believe in the, in the you that Jesus believes in, you could do what Jesus asked you to do. And some of you, like I said tonight, it's simply stepping out and just saying, okay, Jesus, I'll follow you. I, I struggle with addiction. I struggle uh, with lust. I struggle with all these different things. But Jesus, I'll follow you tonight because I believe that if you say I can do it, I can do it. Or some of you are thinking that. <laughs> some of you thought, oh, Brett struggles with a lot. No, that was, I, was, I was using an example. But I do struggle with a lot. We all do. We all fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, every day I make a decision to say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. Only you can. And so, God, if you're calling me to be a youth pastor, if you're calling me out to do this thing, I'm going to believe in the bread that you believe in. And only then I can do what you want me to do. All right, so Jesus is a miracle worker. We have a crazy decision to make each and every day. But here's the thing. With that crazy decision, Jesus believes in you a whole lot more than you believe in you. And so I just want, and I'm done, I just want each and every one of us to make a decision to believe Jesus. And it's different than what I would usually preach. Usually I'm preaching to believe in Jesus. Today I'm just preaching to believe him. Because he says something about you that you haven't really believed yet. He says, he looks at you in a different way than you look at you. Some of you look in the mirror and and you don't like what you see. But Jesus loves what he sees. Jesus loves the you that he created. He didn't make a mistake with you. And he wants to love, he wants you to love yourself as much as he loves you. Just the way you are. 
But here's the thing. Jesus loves us so much that he says come as you are, but he loves us so much that we won't stay as we are. We'll get more and more like him each and every day because he believes in us. So some of you have incredible calls on your life. Some of you are like, I'm not there yet, Brett. I'm just deciding if I'm going to follow Jesus. Some of you haven't even decided that Jesus is better than the world yet. But you've got an amazing call. You've got something to step out into. And I just want to say that Jesus believes in you. I want to say I believe in you and our leadership team believes in you. But even however much you feel that I believe in you, Jesus believes in you more. I've got a really cool story I just remembered this week. And uh, hopefully I remember it right. But it involves Sarah. I just remembered it this week. Uh, 2018, September... I think it was 14th, September 14th, 2018. Danielle and I uh, became the youth pastors of this youth group almost four years ago. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't know that anybody believed in us. I don't, I don't know that, I didn't think really anybody believed in, in me. I heard a lot of whispers going around from people my age or older that, you know, well, he just got the job because he's a pastor's son or whatever. It's getting to me a little bit. And I was like, man, am I really supposed to do this? Like, I've always been about worship and doing that. And I, am I really supposed to do this? And I remember we talked to Sarah. And Sarah was saying that the night that we got in, nobody knew that we were going to be the youth pastors. And they introduced us as the youth pastors. And Sarah told me that, me and Danielle, that she cried. Is that true? Am I remembering this right? Okay. Hopefully I am. You're like, dog, I didn't cry. I, was, I cried because I was sad that you were the youth pastor. <laughs> No, but she told me in Danielle, she said she cried tears of joy. She was excited that it was us. And you know how much that meant to me? That someone believed in me? That someone believed in us? Like we, up to that point, I don't know that we'd really done anything for Sarah. But for some reason, she saw something in us that most people didn't. And so if a belief from Sarah can propel us to be the youth pastors that we are today, the belief from Jesus can do much more. Right? And so Jesus believes in you. You want to be a doctor? Jesus believes that you can do it. You feel called to be a worship leader? Jesus believes you can do it. You feel called to be a pastor? Jesus believes you can do it. You feel called to be a research scientist and try and help cure cancer? Jesus believes you can do that. You feel called to, to go into politics because our political system is a mess and you want to bring Jesus into politics? He believes you can do that. I don't know, I'm just making stuff up. You, you, you want to be an actor in Hollywood that, that, that proclaims the name of Jesus? Jesus says you can do that. Jesus believes in you. So believe in yourself. Not even that, just believe him. Believe what he says about you. Amen? So real quick, can you just bow your head, close your eyes. I'm going to do two different, two different calls. And we'll just be real quick. I just want to see where we're at. So the first call, really quick, is just if you're sitting in this room and you might be, this might be your first week, this might be your fourth week, this might be the second year you've been here, but <laughs> tonight you're deciding like, you know what, I'm going to be about it and I need to really follow Jesus. If it's for the first time or for the second time or even for the tenth time. If you're here tonight and saying like, Jesus has called me to follow him and I, I just really need to do that. Can you lift your hand real quick, raise it nice and high that you just want to follow Jesus. I see that hand, I see that hand. Amen, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. You just want to follow Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, you can put your hands down. I just want to pray for, over you. And I'm not going to tell you to pray after me because it's not a prayer that's going to save you. It's just your belief in Jesus. So from this day forward, just follow Jesus. Just believe in him, who he is. So I'm going to pray over you and just, 
uh, at the end of this prayer, if you say amen, it just says, let it be so. And you, that you're, you're with me on this. So, Jesus, I pray over this group of students that just raised their hands and said they want to follow you. God, I pray you give them the boldness to do it. The strength to do it, God. The confidence in who you say they are, that they would, they would walk with you each and every day. God, we thank you for your love, your goodness, your mercy. How it follows us all the days of our lives. So, God, help us. In our unbelief, help us to believe. God, in our struggles, help us to stand up straight. God, in our temptations, help us to look to you. Help us to really, really follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can you give it up for those couple students? There was about six of them. Amen, amen. Okay, the next one, real quick. Bow your heads, close your eyes one more time. This is the next one. I talked a little bit about it a few minutes ago. That some of you have been called to really be about it. To stop being lukewarm. To stop coming on Wednesday nights just to hang out with your friends. But to come because you, you're, you're trying to pursue Jesus. If that's you, if you're like, I need to be about it, raise your hand. And this could be anybody. It could be leaders. It could be students. I don't, I don't care. You've got to be about it. If you're like, I haven't been doing enough. I'm, amen. I see a few hands. I haven't been doing enough. I need to be more than what I am right now. I need, I need to, if I'm going to say that I love Jesus, I, I really need to love Jesus. I need to stop doing all that nonsense that I'm doing behind the scenes. Amen, amen. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we thank you for this group. God, that they've made a decision already to follow you. And God, that right now they made a decision that they want to be better in that. God, that they want to walk with you. They want to talk with you. They want to spend time with you. So, Jesus, help us not to just know about you, but to know you. Help us to spend time with you. Like you gave us the example of stepping away and going to a quiet place for a relationship with the Father. Help us to do the same. Help us sometimes to step away from the noise and just to be with you. And to be about it. To make church a priority. To make reading your word a priority. To worship you with everything we have. So we, we love you, Lord. We pray you give these students a boldness and a courage and perseverance to do it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.